I have to be honest about what is really important to me and what am I willing to spend my money on or what am I willing to trade off to make sure that I'm meeting my financial goals in the future. From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Show, your weekly podcast about real difficult money stories, overcoming financial obstacles, and tips for building healthy money habits. episode 22 of the money fit show i'm your host todd christensen and today i speak with a financial therapist who's all about being honest about money with ourselves and others rosebud asia evans is a board certified therapist speaker and writer specializing in financial therapy the truth is Money impacts every facet of our lives and has the power to shift how we feel both emotionally and physically. With an acute understanding of this reality, Asia's expertise sits at the intersection of mental health and all things money, including finances, income, career, and wealth. She is a woman on a mission to get people engaged in living their best lives while attuning to their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors around money. Asia has been quoted several in several publications, including Nerd Wallet, CNBC, and Business Insider. And it is my great pleasure to welcome you, Asia Evans, to the Money Fit Show. Thank you, Todd. A pleasure to be here. I am so happy to have you. Um, in spite of this being uh, about our forty or fiftieth uh, episode, I don't think I've had, and this is an oversight on my on my fault on my part. Um, a financial therapist or even a psychotherapist to talk about money because it is such a big deal, but I'm so glad to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important. Um, so happy to be the first. Awesome. Okay. To, to, uh, to introduce you to our, uh, our audience a little more, I'm going to ask you this get to know you question. Did you, uh, let's see, what, what is it that you love most about what you do day in, day out for your profession? Sure. So, on top of the fact that I get to work with people every day, I am an extrovert. Um, mm-hmm. So I really enjoy just being able to spend time with people, um, being a therapist and being, I usually see individuals or couples. My favorite mm-hmm. part about what I get to do is when I've been working with someone for a while and seeing the connections um, that they're making to kind of their past, their history, and how it informs their behaviors now, as well as just the evolution and being able to mirror that back to people. Because sometimes we aren't the best at recognizing how much growth and how much work we've done throughout right. our lives or throughout our time that I've been seeing someone. So being able to mirror that back to someone and and share in the progress that they've made throughout our journey of working together, definitely my favorite part. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah, sometimes we're we're much uh, better at seeing the growth or the moat, I guess, in other people uh, than what we see in ourselves, and and so totally. that, that isn't necessary. Okay, well, let's. As I I, I think I told you before we started recording, I, I might uh, uh, switch places with here briefly, <laughs> so you get comfortable there, and uh, I'm going to take you back a few years, a couple of years uh, to your maybe teenage years, and. Uh, can we just talk about your relationship with money as a teenager? What, what did you think about money and what did, what did you feel about money when you, when you were um, back then? Sure. So 
I think one thing that people don't recognize is that we start to formulate our ideas and beliefs about money by age seven. Mm -hmm. So even though we may have had different experiences earlier, um, or like as our teenagers, which I will definitely talk about, um, we actually start thinking about money in a very specific way before we even can work Mm -hmm. um, or of age to work. So one story that I definitely tell is that my, and it's not necessarily my memory, or it might be my friends. I'm not quite sure at this point, but <laughs> yeah, I have been friends with her for a very, very, very long time. And she had let me know that one of her things that she remembers about me is that I felt comfortable and confident going up to like a cash register or someone in the grocery store or a store, I'm not quite sure where we were, to go and like buy like a piece of candy or a bag of chips. I'm not quite sure what it was, but she had told me that she would be way too nervous to go and do that. But I felt really confident um, and going to have that kind of exchange with um, seemingly adult when you're really young, you know, and not a teenager. Sometimes cashiers feel like they're so much older than you and they could be in their (laughs) teens. Um, But that was something that really stuck to me. Um, and just stuck out in my memory that I, I'm not sure if it's one of my first money memories, but it really is just a poignant thing for me to remember having confidence and being able to kind of have that exchange with people. And then as a teenager, um, I actually got a job, um, working at a grocery store with a friend. We had had a sleepover. I was, I think 15 and had my, I didn't even have my working papers. I'm from New York and you need them here to work mm-hmm. when you are under 16. And I went with her to her job interview to um, apply to work at the grocery store. And I just applied too, but I didn't even have working papers. So <laughs> I had to apply get my little, little blue card that said it was okay for me to start working. And I got the job with her and started working at the grocery store. And I worked there up and through college on my college breaks. Um, And I, I liked it some points. There were sometimes I didn't really like it, but it, it was definitely instilled in me to just to work, to have a job, to be able to kind of have some side money. My parents did give me an allowance, but there were times when I wanted to spend more than that. So I um, deemed it necessary to keep working, which I look back now and really appreciate the fact that I was like, hey, I want to make my own money and I can, and I want to be able to buy certain things. Um, Now I know a lot more (laughs) and I did that. So it'd be really interesting if I could go back and give myself some some new advice. (laughs) Right. Right, which which we might, but so where do you think the confidence that that I mean that not just to um to to go up to, to a a seeming stranger or a, an adult at a cash mm-hmm. register as a as a child to apply for a job that you weren't even planning on applying for? Where do you think that confidence came from? Um, well, I think it always helps, especially when you're young, that you're going with someone. <laughs> So being with a friend and knowing that she was applying for the job was like, oh, hey, I get to spend my time with my friend and um, I might meet other people hanging out at the grocery store. And when you're younger, it looks so cool to tap all the buttons, (laughs) like when you're they're weighing your produce or you're looking at, um, you know, just like scanning items. It seemed like a pretty interesting job to me. And I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about working. This feels good. So. I think one, it's really easy to do things when you're doing them with friends or it feels like you'll be yeah. together each time you work, which is not the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wasn't but also always too, a joy. 
Right, right, exactly. Um, but in addition, I, I think I knew, I, you know, 15, 16, you're not too far away from what you have, thinking about what you're going to do after high school. And I knew I wanted to go to college and probably go away to college. So having the space to just say like, hey, this is going to be a vehicle that's going to allow me to save a little bit of money and also do the things that I want to do. Um, at the time, we used to walk around malls all the time and, you know, you get a soda yeah. or a, I think it was Orange Julius. That was so oh, cool yeah. to a smoothie, right? And like you get right. your smoothie and walk around. So yep. being able to have a little pocket money and save some money for potentially going to um, yeah. going away for school felt like a great motivator. And I'm very motivated by goals. <laughs> did did you, it sounds like it? Did do you remember that first paycheck? Um, you know what? I don't remember my first paycheck, which I'm sad to think about. I wish I did, <laughs> but I do remember how excited it was when I was getting paid in general. So yeah. maybe not the first one, but if there, it was pay time and you, we, uh, there wasn't direct deposit in the same way. Like I wasn't direct depositing. It was like, go pick up your check. That right, was right. always very exciting. And it was good to be like, oh, well now I have $50 and this is what I'm going to do with it. Or I can go buy this shirt or I need a dress for a dance. That sort of thing felt really cool to feel mm -hmm. like I could go in and buy the things that I wanted. But looking back, it was never anything like too big. It was always maybe an item of clothing. I'm going to be able to walk around the mall doing this. Um, yeah. Other than that, I wasn't really trying to get anything too, too yeah. big. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it's interesting to, to, the two uh, uh, memories that you're talking about are, are around grocery stores and cashiers. Did you end up working as a cashier uh, or how about your friend? Oh, what, yeah. what did she end up doing? Um, she worked there too. She worked there much, much shorter than I did. Like I think she was there <laughs> for maybe a year and I was yeah. there for like yeah. something like six years, like a yeah. very long time because they were, they were willing to work with my college schedule and my school yeah. schedule. So when you're working kind of either i remember it was like a wednesday from five to nine so after school and then on weekends i would work um anywhere between four and eight hours and that's how yeah. i spent my time and then mm -hmm. when they were willing to work um, with my college schedule then i could go to school and come back and have a job so i'm making money and i didn't have to worry about oh i'm only going to be home for winter break and what am I going to do to replenish some of the, <laughs> yeah. some of the money that I spent when yeah. I was away? I really appreciate that. And then also I was lucky enough to be a recipient of um, a scholarship. So I worked there, I applied for a scholarship oh, cool. and I got it, which is fantastic. So they yeah. also helped me um, pay for a few things at school. So it was a nice, a nice um, exchange back and forth yeah. of just scheduling and helping you know you don't think about yeah. it when you're younger but that's great that they reward you uh for that uh your your time with them and your your loyalty to the company right yeah exactly yep that's cool so you um you, you go off well you go off to college you you go to college you you get your degree which mm -hmm. is not in finance right correct <laughs> correct and you head off to work. Is that when you head off to, to I think I read somewhere on a page about you, you, you moved to New York City. Yeah. I feel like you're now you're making real adult money, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Exactly. And then, and then you, you mentioned something about brunch money or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's I will about? walk you through. Yeah. I can walk <laughs> you through that in enjoyable time in my life. So 
I, so I am a licensed mental health counselor. So that's Mm -hmm. what my licensure is in. And you need to go to grad school to get licensed at all. So anybody who is doing like either social work or any type of one-on-one individual therapy, you have to go to grad school. So right after undergrad, which I um, got my degree in psychology, I went to grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, and got my degree in counseling psychology. And I worked, so I had been out of school for a little bit before I moved um, to New York City area. Mm-hmm. And I graduated with a lot of student loans. And right. to what you read, it's true. Like I came to New York City and I was like, hey, this is the highest paying job I've ever had. I'm making real money now. I should be able to just pretty much do whatever I want. I really felt like it was enough money to just hang out, go to brunch, spend, just be with my friends and and not have to worry about money again. Right. And exactly not have to worry about money in any type of way. So there was no budget. (laughs) There was very limited financial literacy or just understanding about um, money in general. And Mm -hmm. I just was like trying to make it rain with all my money. And it just started feeling really uncomfortable Um, when I was like looking at the bills or whether it was a credit card, I had a car and I kept my car in New York city. So I still had a car payment. I had Mm -hmm. student loan payments, um, rent bills, those sort of things. And I just was starting to feel really overwhelmed and uncomfortable with what was happening with my money. And I didn't understand it because I was like, but I'm making such good money. Like why, (laughs) where is it all going? The, the the contrast between your excitement and your your, your pride in, in in that in that income and that in your work with the frustration or or the what what did you, what did you how did you feel you say you were just um, overwhelmed the, very yeah, overwhelmed. overwhelmed and stressed yeah yeah how long how long did that last um so longer than it's supposed to little, right we all it's yeah all that was like it's always longer. <laughs> Definitely longer. And what happened is that during um, an Easter dinner, I was with my family and I was talking to a cousin of mine and he was just telling me a little bit about personal finance. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell me more. And after that exchange, that's when I really dove into just consuming and reading as much as I possibly could about debt payoff, the debt community, personal finance, what people could do with their money and really starting to learn more about um, budgeting and strategies to just kind of live the way that you felt comfortable with, but not mm-hmm. so um, at the time for me, it was extravagantly <laughs> that I yeah. was feeling uncomfortable. So having that time to really dive in to personal finance really was important for me to just figure out what I wanted with my, for my own goals and where I wanted to get to. So that was, I would say was definitely the shift in um, recognizing the importance of figuring out what I wanted and how I wanted to achieve it. Well, I want to, I want to, I want to ask you here in a moment, uh, you know, how, how you went about that, what, what resources Mm -hmm. and, and, um, you did that, but was a lot of people when when you talk about conversations around a dinner table, let alone around a holiday dinner table, mm-hmm. money. A lot of people still are, are have that idea that it's it's impolite to talk about anything related to money. That it's uh, yeah, 
you know, going back to uh, almost medieval terms, vulgar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Money was that is... something that uh, was 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 your cousin breaking the rules, or was it something that you guys had already somebody had already established that uh, gr- um, broken so that ground? It was definitely before we sat down for dinner. <laughs> oh, okay. So we were kind. Yeah, it definitely wasn't at the dinner table, but. Um, I will definitely say that like in general, money is taboo for so many people and having conversations about it is taboo. And I think that's why the work that I'm doing now is so important because so is mental health. And so is our, our feelings are sometimes things that we feel like we need to hide from other people or don't share people, um, share with people what you're going through. And that can be really, really hard. And it leads people to feel isolated. So especially right. when it comes to money and feelings. And that's what I, I deal with now um, exclusively in my, my business is that if we don't talk about it, we feel so isolated and we feel so lonely and the stress of debt or the stress of not having enough and um, means to make your ends meet at the end of the month, it gets really uncomfortable. And it doesn't mean you need to shout it from the rooftops or tell everybody right. you meet, but <laughs> having somebody, having somebody that you trust that you can have a conversation with can mean so much to people in not feeling as alone or depressed or stressed out or anxious about what's going on with their money. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you mentioned, well, let me, let me ask you this. Um, it sounds like the, this cousin started you on a, on a very positive path. You want to give a shout out? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I call him man, but his name is Timothy Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank I you, just, Timothy. I really great. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Timmy. You never know <laughs> what kind of effect you're going to, I mean, it sounds like that conversation not only led to, uh, to your personal change in your personal behaviors, but to, to change in your professional direction then. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Pay attention mm-hmm. at Easter dinner. That's, that's, that's the, uh, that's the lesson for today's <laughs> yeah. podcast. Uh, okay, so you bring up mental health. Uh, it's it's such yeah. a difficult topic to discuss traditionally. I mean, historically. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hope we're making some progress. I know in in when I uh, was working in Idaho and being out in the community that, that at least the 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 um, circles that I was working in professionally were were talking about it and trying to be more open. But what are, what are some of the challenges that we face as a society? Mm-hmm. That you've seen those, I mean, that that, that those with a mental uh, health issue or mental illness are struggling with specifically, yeah, so, or I mean, uh, that, that's different than, than the rest of us. Yeah. And I think that's that the, the rest thing, of us right? are all when, that m- mentally healthy. We all have right. some issues, right? But um, anyway, exactly. Yeah. That, and that's, that's exactly it. Um, Todd, thank you for bringing that up because mental health is, a spectrum. Like we all have to make sure that we are feeling mentally well, that our feelings are, um, are either being dealt with or somehow there is an outlet for them in some way, shape or form. And that could look Mm -hmm. many, many ways, but even the healthiest person um, Mm -hmm. still has to deal with their own mental wellness all the way to the spectrum of somebody who has a serious mental illness and has to live with that daily um, and do certain things to manage it. We all have to make sure that we are, are attuned and aware of what we're feeling and then how it impacts our behaviors. And that's where the money kind of intersects because um, the way you, like you read in my bio, 
money really does touch so many facets of our lives and mm-hmm. it's emotional. And I think it's really easy to forget that um, when we are just talking about, oh, well, if I had more money, I would feel, listen to that statement, right? right? I would feel better or things would be, I'd feel more stable. Money can impact freedom. It can impact stability. It can impact the way you feel about yourself. So taking the time to just recognize that we can't separate our money and our emotions the way um, some of the more um, like the past ideas about money were that it is Mm -hmm. just money or it's not emotional and you can separate it. And you, you really can't because sometimes it has more to do with like stability and being able to provide for your family. And that can get really stressful very quickly. Yeah. There are different uh, ideas we imbue money with. We all face, and I think some of them are are much more uh, problematic than others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially when you have a couple who uh, they they look at money differently. What are what are some of the what are some of the ways that that couples will look at money differently and that that can that they have to somehow come to terms with or 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 would would need to meet with a therapist or or talk to somebody about it sure so um there are as many ways as you can imagine but a few big ones i would say are that the the two people in the couple have different ideas about what they value so mm-hmm. that could be um, how you spend your money together or separately. Um, it could be, how do you like handle finances as a couple? Some people are like, I 1000% want to joint approach our, our money. Let's pull it all together. Some people are like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Or I'm nervous to do it. I'm scared. Just mm-hmm. looking at how you value um, money in general, I think can be two because you're two different people with two different life experiences coming together to continue yeah. to um, ha- be a family unit together and potentially grow your family. So being mindful that you're coming from two different places and what are those places, as well yeah. as how you spend. Um, there might be one person who is a little bit more frugal and another person who doesn't mind spending a lot of money on XYZ or mm-hmm. I'll use myself as an example. There are times that I want to go to Target and spend a lot of money on home decor and Uh different things um, for the kitchen because I need the latest pan and this cookie cutter would be so cute for our kids. And my husband wants nothing to do with that. He does not want to spend his money at Target or our money at Target for that matter. (laughs) He's less inclined to worry about the cute pillow that I need to put out for Halloween. But um, that's just like an example, right? (laughs) Um, And I I think other people can too. And I think it's just more about like, hey, where where do you place the value on your money and what are those differences? Where Mm -hmm. are you spending your money and what are those differences? And then how do we come together to communicate about it? So much about being a couple is how you communicate and so much about how we spend our money has to be communicated to each other, um, especially in a couple. And I think sometimes that gets lost because people are nervous or scared or unsure of how the other person's going to react. Yeah. Well, I can, I can kind of confess here when I was in college um, and kind of kindred spirits, here we are. Uh, I, I remember thinking, I hate money. I wish money didn't exist because I don't know anything mm-hmm. about it. I, I mean, I didn't say I didn't know anything about it. I didn't want to admit that. 
Right. But I did right. not. I just thought, can we just get rid of money and then all of our problems will go away? That's yeah. I've I've come to learn that's not really the case. Yeah, no. And and that's so powerful. And thank you for sharing that because I think what happens is is that what you're talking about is the insecurity that you have about not having the information. Mm -hmm. So instead, and it's really hard sometimes to just look inside of yourself and be like, oh wow, this is making me. I don't feel as comfortable because I just don't know. I don't have the information. I feel insecure versus like, no, let's do away with money. We like, let's yeah. just not pay attention to it. Let's blanket this for everybody. Um, symptom, and we'll the, all be more the, comfortable. Cause. Correct. Exactly. And that's really what I'm trying to just make sure people are aware of. Hey, what, what's coming, what's going on? What's coming up for you when you are either engaging with your money or when you get your bills or, you know, mm -hmm. any, anything that comes up around money and you're having an emotional response. Um, yeah. cause usually we do in some way, shape or form. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. So when you are then are starting out on your, uh, post Easter dinner journey, financial journey, mm -hmm. where are some of the places that you turn to, um, resources, uh, community, um, you know, was it a library online, uh, other friends, what, what did, what were some of the things that helped? Uh, in your yeah, case. so at the time, I think I honestly remember reading Business Insider nonstop. Uh -huh. <laughs> I just and it was a, the articles of where are people, how are people paying off debt? Are people working two jobs? What does this look like? And then from there, I would just dive in even further. Um, mm -hmm. I do remember. I believe I was. Um, I think they had an article on Business Insider too, Learn Vest, and going into kind of some of the materials and blogs that they were putting out. A lot of it really was about blogs and just different people's individual experiences because that mm -hmm. felt a little bit more relatable to me yeah. to figure yeah. out like, hey, what do I need? How can I do this? What can I do? And really, at the time, it was about getting on a budget. I, mm -hmm. I just needed a budget. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and to figure out what kind of budget made sense for me um, and to, you know, not spend as much money did, hanging did out your first, drinking mimosas. <laughs> did, <laughs> did your first budget uh, it, it become your last budget? It, 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 did you? Oh, goodness, you know, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it has to evolve. experimentation? And this was, right, yeah, definitely experimentation. Um I am a pen and paper type of person. I have tried mm -hmm. many uh, different ways, um, apps and Excel sheets and pen and paper just feels the best for me, um, which makes a lot of sense because I also like to write, um, which you had mentioned in my bio as well. Like I like mm -hmm. to write and I am also a verbal processor. So sharing with other people about kind of what I'm going through. I remember talking to my mom quite frequently about it. Um, mm -hmm. My mom is a saver, so she feels more comfortable um, totally living below her means and saving mm -hmm. money. And I want beautiful clothing. And like I said, <laughs> I wanted to go to dinners and yeah. I can do all that stuff. It just needed to come with a budget. So pen and paper is my mode. Um, and just recognizing like, hey, Asia, hey, you can spend this much money on this and that. and when you're out of money, you're out of money, and that's it. You know, I like I like what you just said that uh, some a lot of people think of budgets as restrictive, but the way you yes. just framed it, it's actually giving you permission 
to do certain things that you really, what, that your priorities or your favorite things? Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, it's such a big deal that we forget about. So often, I feel like benches have gotten a bad rap um, in terms of them being exactly what you're saying, a negative thing telling you you can't spend on this and you can't mm-hmm. have that. And that makes it really difficult for people to want to engage with them or budget their money. Budgets are meant to be a plan. They're meant to say, hey, this is where you, if you're honest with yourself, which we all have to do, um, be honest with like, oh, I do spend my money on getting some takeout or picking up a pizza on Friday for the family. That's okay. Just add it to the budget and then figure out what you, what you can and can't afford. Can you only afford to get pizza two times in a month? If you can, great. Mm-hmm. We're not getting rid of pizza. We're just not doing it as much as we used to. So budgets, to your point, are can be a really positive thing as long as you include the things that you enjoy. Um, yeah. And if you have to limit them, that's okay. They're still there. Uh, I, I, that's a great point. I mean, I think it's just about, uh, be, you talk about being honest with yourself, and but spending time with yourself saying, which of these is my priority? Which one, if I can't afford everything in the world and nobody can, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which one, which one do I want more? And that's, that's not always an easy yeah. question, but, uh, and the problem is we have to keep asking ourselves that it, it, mindfulness of, of how right. spend money. Yes. And it, and to your point of my budget had to evolve. I was in my early to mid twenties at that point. I am definitely not there currently. I have a family. I have small children. Things have mm-hmm. to change with how your life changes. And some of those things aren't a priority to me anymore. Um, and, and that's okay. And that's fine. But I, and so does everybody else have to be honest about, Hey, what is really important to me? What am I willing to spend my money on? Or what am I willing to trade off right now to make sure that I'm meeting my financial goals in the future? Asia, I, I, I appreciate what you've said it a couple of times, and I think this might end up in the, in the title of this episode, but you t- keep talking about honesty with ourselves and mm-hmm. with our money. Um, and, and I imagine that it sounds like that comes up in, in the work that you do. Totally. Definitely. Um, yeah, you can't, you can't do therapy if you're not trying to be honest with yourself um, through your therapist. And I think Sometimes it's really, it's really hard sometimes to just sit and say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this, or this is really making me feel bad about myself. It's impacting my self-esteem. I can't stay on a budget and I don't like that. I can't stay on a budget or I, I look at my debt and it it makes me feel put in the negative emotion because there are a lot of people that feel a negative emotion and I want people to just recognize that your debt is not who you are as a person. You're still a mm-hmm. good person. You can be a good person and still have debt. But if it's going to make you feel better, let's figure out how much of a priority it is for you to yeah. get out of that debt, for you to follow that budget, um, for you to save for retirement. And you can put anything in there, right? It, these yeah. are just examples. But right. you have to really be honest with yourself about, what's going on emotionally and what do you want to, uh, what do you want to change or willing to change to make sure that you get to where you want to be? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I bring up two, two thoughts. On, uh, I know a lot of people when they hear the word budget, that uh, whatever feeling they're having 
inside, the, the, the hair on the back of their neck is standing up a lot of mm-hmm. times because it's it's rarely positive like it like it can be. Mm-hmm. But I love what you say that it you know it should not be you're not going in to admit uh you know that you've um broken uh a capital you committed a capital offense if you're talking to a therapist and you say yeah. i have debt it's it's the first it's a step it's it's and it's yeah. not the negative it's it's this is your you're heading in the right direction yes yes you are taking a step forward to feeling better and to doing something about it and I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for just taking that step to just say like, oh, I have debt or this is really stressful or I'm really anxious when I get this bill or have to pay that. Like, oh, God, is it going to be 200? Is it going to be five? I don't know. I'm nervous. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Good. Well, you you work uh, you're based in um, uh, near New York City, and so you can't be everywhere uh, for everybody. But there are financial therapists around the country, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You, um, how does somebody find a financial therapist that you Google it or. Yeah. So there is a association called the financial therapy association and you can just, yep. The FTA exactly. You can, um, Google them, go to their website and they have a directory that will actually let you know where a financial therapist may be in there around your area. Cool. Well, as, as we uh, get ready to wrap up here, Asia, let me ask you, uh, as I ask all my guests, what's one piece of advice or one uh, financial principle that's been important to you that you would like to, to share with our listeners today? Sure. So one big thing I think is that money is emotional. So if you are having a reaction to your money, it is okay. Um, There's nothing wrong with you and you're not doing it wrong. You just need to take the time. um, And to our point earlier, just be honest with yourself about what's going on for you emotionally and what's coming up. And then how can we, you know, take steps to help? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd be more worried if somebody didn't have any emotions around money. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) I'd be like, where are they? You're hiding them somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We'll find them. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Asia, how can our listeners connect with you online? Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram if that is a platform you're on at Asia E Therapy. So Asia, A J A E Therapy. Or you can pop over to my website, AsiaEvansCounseling.com. Awesome. I will definitely put those in the show notes. Uh, but Asia Evans, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing uh, your experiences and your um, your professional uh, it, professionalism with us here. Uh, it's glad to have you on, on our show. Absolutely. Thank you, Todd, so much. It was a pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you can check out our, our past podcasts at moneyfit.org slash podcast, where we have an archive of previous episodes. And we do, please do subscribe to this uh, show right now. Go ahead and and click that subscribe button, hit the like button, wherever you're, whatever platform you're on so that we can increase this visibility and and let others uh, benefit from, from these great guests like we have with Asia today. So until the next time, please stay money fit and stay well. Oh,